Amen. How exciting it is to know y'all uh, that we're about, how many of y'all know this? Man, a couple of days from now, we're going to have the, the special time called Thanksgiving, y'all. I love, look at me, I love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, you ain't got to buy anybody a blame thing, man. All you do is eat, you know, you just eat. And man, I love that. Man, I just love that. I love it. It doesn't commemorate a battle. It doesn't commemorate someone's birthday. It, it doesn't commemorate somebody's anniversary. It's a simple day set aside uh, to express our nation's thankfulness to our God. How awesome is that, y'all, that we get to do that. And I thank God for that. The year was 1789. George Washington uh, made the proclamation about Thanksgiving. This is what he said. By the President of the United States of America, a proclamation. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for his benefits and humbly to implore his protection and his favor over our great land. Now listen to this. This is a powerful statement. Are you listening? Whereas both houses of Congress, did y'all hear that? That's a miracle by itself. Both houses of Congress have made their joint committee request to me to recommend to the people of this United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with a grateful heart the many favors of our almighty God. Now therefore I do recommend and assign Thursday this 26th day of November next to be devoted by the people of these United States to the service of that great and glorious being who is the author of all good that was, that is, and that's ever going to be. So read the first Thanksgiving proclamation made by the first president of this United States of America and guys I want to tell you I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that we can come together right now. And I'm going to say this. I believe this all my heart. All my heart. The United States is a blessed nation. Amen. We are a blessed nation, guys. And we need to give God praise for the blessing that we've got in this great country. Can we do that, guys? It's a blessing. Amen. I want you to take your Bible and open it up to the book of 1 Thessalonians. The book of 1 Thessalonians. I love the book of 1 Thessalonians. It speaks directly into where we are today, y'all. I mean, it really does. The great apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gives uh, words from God that would encourage us. When you read the book of 1 Thessalonians, I mean, when you start flipping the pages there, uh, immediately you begin to be introduced to great things. For example, Jesus is coming back. How many of y'all believe that? I believe that with all of my heart. And when you open the Bible to the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, you're immediately introduced to some true things that, that man, I believe that we need to really focus on today. Jesus is coming, <clears throat> and the world is going to come to an end. And we believe that. We believe that there's going to be all kind of catastrophic things that's going to happen. And we believe that Christ himself is going to come back one day. And he's going to rapture the church. And we're going to be taken up. And, and man, we're going to be with the Lord forever. And Paul tells us that we are to forevermore comfort one another, these words. And then he talks about in chapter 5, it's not going to be on the screen, but he talks about that people are going to say, peace, peace. And sudden destruction is going to come on them. For the, for the Lord will come back and bring that destruction like a thief in the night. And then all of a sudden, he starts in chapter 5 kind of accelerating uh, for the believer. He says, you know what? You need to be enlightened. 
You need to know certain things. You need to have some maturity about you. And he says, don't let this day overtake you, man. Uh, don't, don't let this day overtake you because you know Christ is coming. And because of that, we have hope. And, and he goes on and he says, you know what? You're not children of darkness, but you're children of light. Can I get an amen? That God has done a work in your life. That if you are born again and you're saved, uh, you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. God's done a radical thing in your life. And man, you're not who you used to be. Can I get an amen? You're not who you used to be. You're a different person. God has worked in your life. He's changed you. He's covered you in the blood of his son. He's wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life. You have a home in heaven, a promise of God, and man, you are set for eternity. Hey, yay, yay, yay. Amen. God is good. Amen. And then he says, you know what? You need to grow up. You need to get some spiritual discipline about yourself. Uh, you need to realize that, man, there's some things that you've got to do. And, and, and I want you to look at verse number 18. But before we do that, don't do that yet. Everybody say the title today. In everything... Come on, y'all got to do better than that. Y'all got to do better than that. Come on, help me. Y'all got to get bad because today. Here we go. In everything, give thanks. Y'all not there yet. Help me, help me. Come on now. In everything, give thanks. Now, notice he didn't say for everything, but in everything. Because you know what? <clears throat> when I look around my world today, I think, you know, don't think I want to give thanks for that. I don't think so. But what he says in, in everything. You know why you can give thanks and everything? Because you belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Man, you are in a family of God. You are blessed. God's got his hand on you. He's doing a work in your life. Paul reminds the believers in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and verse 18. He says, in everything, come on, read it with me, guys. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, keep that there. He says, in everything, not some things, but in everything, you are to give thanks. And then he says something profound, y'all. He says, for this is the will of God. This is the will of God. Now, there are people that are walking around this world today in churches everywhere, and they're going, man, I, what is the will of God for me? What does God want from me? What is the will of God for me? Well, you know what? You don't have to guess about this one. The Bible says it is the will of God for you to do what? Give thanks. <clears throat> that no matter where you are, no, we'll talk about this. But you realize that God is saying, if you want to be in the center of my will, if you want to be in the center of my will, that what you can do to be in the center of my will is make sure you're giving thanks. Because when you give thanks, you're going to be in the will of God. No griping. No complaining, no belly aching, no whining, none of that stuff. No more, not for us. What are we going to do? Give thanks. So if we want to be in the will of God, we can't complain, we can't belly ache, we can't gripe, we can't, we can't do all that. We're just going to give God thanks. We're just going to learn how to have a grateful heart. The great apostle Paul instructs the believers in Thessalonica that in everything you are to give thanks. Not for everything, but rather in everything. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life, that, that may be God's will for you? 
that he's doing something in you where you are? I remember uh, thinking about this in point number one. Now watch this. You got to write this down. That is no matter who you are or where you are, you've got a reason to give thanks. No matter who you are or where you are, you have a reason to be thankful. Now, I believe this is true. Why was I born at this particular time in in the history of the world? Why was I born in a spotless delivery room in American hospital instead of a steaming hot shelter in the dark jungle of the Amazon or a mud hut in Africa? Why did I have the privilege of going to school with capable instructors, whether I listened or not, while millions around the world without a school book sit or squat on a dirt floor listening to a missionary? How does it happen, y'all, that my kids and my grandchildren are tucked into a warm bed at night with clean white sheets while millions of babies around the world will lie tonight in cold rooms and a lot of times in their own filth? Why can I sit down to a warm meal whenever I want to and eat as much as I want to when millions of people will know all their lives the knowing knowing pains of hunger, why do I deserve it and they don't? Why not me and millions of other people? Why was I born in a land that I did not build, in a prosperity that I did not create, and enjoy a freedom that I didn't establish? Why, why Why is it that I'm here? Why is it that that God has blessed me so much when I look around me, no matter where I am or who I am, I've got something to be thankful for? Corey Ten Boone, in her famous autobiography, The Hiding Place, Corey Ten Boone tells of a time when she and her sister were forced to take off all their clothes during a Nazi inspection in a death camp. Miss Ten Boone stood in the the line feeling forsaken and defiled. Suddenly, she remembered that Jesus hung on the cross naked and struck with wonder and worship during that seemingly forsaken moment. Tin Boone leaned forward and whispered to her sister, Betsy, they took off his clothes too. And Betsy gasped and said, Oh, Corey, I never thanked him for that. I never thanked him for dying like that for me on the cross. So, uh, Betsy, let's stop right now and thank him that even though we're in this death camp, that we can be thankful that we can, we can even suffer like Jesus did to some degree. She wrote in her autobiography, The Barracks, where Corey Tin Boone and her sister Betsy were kept in the Nazi concentration camp They were terribly overcrowded and and the barracks were flea infested. When you read her autobiography, you you begin to realize the the agony that her and her sister was in. They they packed women in this barracks to where they they had to crawl over each other like animals. And then they would lay on straw and the straw that they laid on were filled up with fleas. 
And these fleas would get on them all night long. I mean, they would walk into these barracks and fleas would cover them. And they'd be bitten by the fleas. And man, the fleas would be there. And, 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 and so they, get, they smuggled a Bible into the, uh, into, into the concentration camp. And they found 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. And Betsy, Corey's sister, said, Look, look, Corey, the Bible says that in everything we're supposed to give thanks to God because this is the will of God for us concerning us in Christ Jesus. And Corey Tim Boone said, and Betsy said to Corey Tim Boone, Let's thank him for the fleas. And she said, I am not thanking him for these fleas. I'm not thanking him for these fleas that I'm lying in. And she said, but Betsy, the Bible, God's word says that we're supposed to thank him for everything. That means that wherever we are, it must be God's purpose and plan for our life. So let's pray and thank him for the fleas. And Corey Tim Boone said, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and finally, she gave in and she said to her sister, okay, you win. It's God's word, not mine. Let's thank him for these stinking fleas. And they bowed their head and they said, Father, we don't understand this, but we want to thank you for these fleas. And uh, over the next several months, a wonderful but curious thing began to happen. They found that the guards would not come into their barracks. The guards that would whip them and beat them would refuse to go in where they were. And because of that, that, that the guards wouldn't go in, they had smuggled a Bible in, and they were able to take the Bible that they smuggled in and have Bible study at night, and the guards didn't know what was going on. And so as a result of that, many women came to know Jesus as their Savior. And it came to find out, you know why the soldiers wouldn't come in the barracks? Because of the fleas. They didn't want to go in there where the fleas was. And so when they put the women in there, going, they're going, I'm not going in that stinking flea place, but only to realize that God was using fleas to keep the soldiers out so that they could share the word of God so that lives could be changed and people could be one to Christ. Thank God for fleas. Can I get an amen? And I look at that and I go, wow, man. Imagine what God is up to. Look at me, y'all. Imagine what God's up to in your life. Imagine what the Lord can do where you are. Imagine that you go, Brother Jack, I am not thinking, thanking God for this junk. God can take and make a miracle out of junk. God can use things in your life like you've never seen before. Robert E. Bruce relates the following incident. While walking along the busy street one day, he says, I heard someone singing. His sweet voice was distinguishable, even above the noise of the traffic. And when I located him, I noticed that he had no legs, and he was pushing himself through the crowd in a wheelchair, and he was singing to the top of his voice. And catching up with him, I said, I want you to know, friend, that to hear you singing from a person in your condition gives everyone else a lift. And the guy answered with a grateful smile, and this is what he said, when I stopped looking at what I had lost and began concentrating on all that I had left, I found that I I had a reason to sing. God, think about it, y'all. We gripe about all this stuff. What about this? Why can't you give God thanks in all things? 
You know, I was, I was thinking about this. Paul said that you are to give God thanks, thanks in, in all things, not for all things, but in all things. Can I get an amen? So, I, so I, I wrote this down. I said, you know what? I'm thankful for the taxes I pay. You're going, are you an idiot? Who wants to thank God for taxes that you pay? Because we gripe about taxes. You know what? We get to pay our taxes. And you know what we can do? We can say, God, I'm thankful that I pay my taxes because it tells me I got a job. Can I get an amen? I got a job, God. God, thank you for giving me my job. I thank you for the clothes that fit a little too tight because it tells me that I've been eating good. Amen. I thank you for my shadow that watches me work while I'm outside and the sweat that runs down my brow because it reminds me that I've got sunshine in my life. I thank you for a lawn that needs mortar, mowing, windows that need cleaning, and gutters that need fixing because it tells me i got a house. Can I get amen? I thank you for the spot. And I wrote this one. This is so cool, y'all. I thank you for the spot I find at the far end of the parking lot because it means I'm capable of walking. Can I get amen? Thankful for my huge heating bill because it means I'm warm. Thankful for all the complaining I hear about our government because it reminds me that we got freedom of speech. I'm thankful for the lady. I wrote this for a long time ago, not, not now. Thankful for the lady uh, that sings off key in the church because it reminds me I'm still here. Okay, yeah. Amen. Piles of laundry and, and, and the ironing because it tells me I got kids and family. And I'm thankful for the alarm that goes off early in the morning hours because it tells me, man, you're alive. I'm thankful for the weariness and aching muscles I have after playing ball yesterday because it tells me I'm a champion. Amen. And, and I look at this and I go, wow, God, God is so good. Is there anybody here that could just give God a shout of praise and thankfulness for everything he's done? That no matter where you are, no matter where you are or what you got going on, you can be thankful for something, y'all. Somebody said, I don't have anything to be thankful for. An old miser grumbled one day. Kind of reminds me of a few people I've met. He said, everything I got, I got the hard way by the sweat of my brow. A little big kid was standing there and asked him a profound question. Who gave you that sweat? Wow. Who gave you the sweat, man? If you think you got it all by your sweat of your brow, you got to figure out. Somebody gave you some sweat. God did that, Amen. I read a little thing that says, Mr. Green thanked Tom, the grocery boy, for delivering a loaf of bread to him. The grocery boy said, don't thank me. Thank Grocer Jones. He gave me the loaf to deliver to you. But when he thanked the grocer, he said, I get the bread from Baker Brown. He makes it so he deserves the praise and thanks. So they thanked the baker, but he told them that they should thank Miller Milligan should be given the gratitude. Without Miller Milligan's flour, I couldn't make the bread. Miller told her to thank the farmer Foster because he made the flour from Foster's wheat. But the farmer protested and said, don't thank me, thank God. If he didn't give my farm sunshine and rain, I couldn't grow the wheat to make the bread with. Point being is, just a loaf of bread, if you just get a piece of bread, you have to give God thanks for it. Because without God, we wouldn't even get bread, y'all. Can I get an amen? We got to learn how to be thankful. And no matter where you are, what you're going through in life, you can give God thanks. 
And then I wrote the second thing. I thought, boy, this is so good. And that is giving thanks is a discipline that must be cultivated daily. It's a what? Some of y'all can't even say the word. It's a discipline. You gotta, you gotta discipline yourself. You know, we're living in a world today to where people, it's normal to say, you know what, I'm not, I don't like this. I don't like that. You go, shut up. Just shut up. Just be thankful. You have to learn to discipline yourself to be thankful every day. You, you got to learn to do that. It's a discipline you learn. Because normally who we are, we find everything wrong rather than find everything good. I think we got too much gripe and not enough thinking. I think we got too much fussing and too much grumbling and too much bellyache and too much complaining. Oh, my soul. Why don't we wake up in the morning and thank God like this? Why don't we get up? And, and I wrote this the other day, <clears throat> and I wrote this. I said, Lord, thank you for a new day. Thank you for a beating heart. Thank you for a fresh breath. Thank you for a bed to sleep in. Thank you for feet to put on the floor. Thank you for arms to dress with and thank you for legs to walk with and thank you for eyes to see with and thank you for ears to hear with and thank you for a face to smile with and thank you for a love to share and thank you for a Holy Spirit to live with and thank you for a Savior to die in and thank you for a heaven to rest in and thank you for a God to trust in. Why can't we just look at life like that? Why, why don't we just do that and I thought about that, and I thought, good night. If we just learned this, and we made it a discipline in our life to where we started saying, good night. Let's be thankful. Let's, let's, let's really be thankful, not just during Thanksgiving, but every day of our life. Every day of our life, you've got to what? You've got to do what? Discipline, discipline. Discipline yourself. To give thanks. You've got to discipline yourself. You've got to change the way you talk and the way you look at things. And I wrote down five things. And man, I just wrote them down. I thought, Brother Jackie, that is so dadgum good. I wrote down these five things that if you will do this, man, if you will do this, if you will do this, if you will do this, you'll get five results in your life that you're going to go, this is good. So you want them? Say amen. You want them, big man? You've got to have them. Amen. All right, number one, if you do this, take your Bible, turn to Psalms 100. Brother Stephen spoke on it the other night. And, and I want you to think about this in Psalms 100. Now, when you, when you, when you no matter who you are or where you are, you give thanks and you, you discipline yourself to do that, the first result will be giving thanks will create a what? <laughs> Some of y'all need that. A positive view on life. You get to, when you start giving thanks, you'll get a positive view on life. And I want you to notice what the psalmist says. Now, you've got to realize that Psalms 100 is followed by Psalms 99, and, it, and, it's, and then it goes on into Psalms 100. But if you will think about this, this is the, the psalmist is writing this, and, and prior to Psalms 100, are you with me? Say amen. Prior to Psalms 100, he, he's in affliction. He's got enemies. Everything is falling apart. There's things happening in his life. I mean, all you got to do is start in Psalms 1, go all the way through to Psalms 99. You're going, oh my gosh, this guy's got all kind of problems in his life. And then 
then you begin to realize that in Psalms 100, verse number 1, let's say it together, everybody out loud, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all your lands. Come on, one more time. Y'all need to say it. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all your lands. I want you to think about this. Watch this. Underline your Bible. Joyful, racket, noise. Make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. It is a, it's a trumpet blast. It's, a, it's an exuberance that comes from you, and the invitation is given to you that you can make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Not, not to everybody else. It's, it's, not, it's not everybody else's praise. It's your praise. It's not everybody else's heart. It's your heart. It's not everybody else's life. It's your life. You get the opportunity and the invitation. Are y'all so excited about it? I can't understand it. You get the invitation to make a joyful noise. That is, man, when, when, you, when, you, when, you're, when you're talking, when you are, listen, you get to make a joy. You, need to, you get to say, God, God, God is awesome, y'all. Man, people look at your life and you're walking through a valley and all of a sudden you're just making a joyful noise. They're going, that person is crazy or filled with the Spirit one. I don't know which one. But hallelujah, man. You know what? You're, you're walking through the valley, you're giving God praise. You're on the mountaintop, you're giving God praise. You're on the, uh, in the midnight hour, you're giving God praise. In the, in the highlight day, you're giving God's praise. No matter what you're doing, you are making a joyful noise. Watch this to the Lord. You see, I'm convinced of this. That gratitude is an attitude that determines your altitude. And I'm a firm believer that a, a good spirit of, of, of thankfulness is contagious. In other words, <clears throat> watch this. It may shock you. It may shock you that if you just got and started making a joyful noise in the Lord, I mean, you just really got excited about Jesus. That sour puss sitting by you, don't look at them. They might get connected with that. They might get infected with some of that, and you're going, oh, my God, she just got excited. I can't believe it. I saw her, I saw her eye open up. I mean, she's been sleeping in church for 80 years. Now she's excited. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, you're making a joyful noise. They make a joyful noise. And then all of a sudden, somebody else starts making a joyful noise. And then all of a sudden, I know y'all are going to believe this, but your whole pew is making a joyful noise. And then all of a sudden, the church is making a joyful noise. And then all of a sudden, a city's making a joyful noise. And then all of a sudden, the county's making a joyful noise. And then all of a sudden, the state's making a joyful noise. And then all of a sudden, a nation is making a joyful noise. And I don't know about y'all, but I think it's time in America that somebody starts somewhere making a joyful noise unto God so that somebody can get infected with that. Can I get an amen? And think about it. What would happen? Well, I, listen, I got, I got to tell y'all something. I got to tell y'all something. I just come, I got to tell you something. I, I come in there today and I watch, I'm, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they're about to sing songs. Did y'all hear that? They're singing songs. They're playing music. It's great songs. It's good songs. It's talking about, oh, give me the breath of God. Man, God's changing my life. Can you imagine what would happen, y'all, if y'all came in here and really sang this stuff? Instead of just singing it, you started singing it, you started making jokes. Somebody said, I can't sing. Quit singing. Sang, sang, sang. Just make a 
joyful noise in the God. And all of a sudden, you start believing what you're singing. All of a sudden, you start realizing, you know what? God did set me free. It is his breath in my lung. That gum, I ain't got nothing to give me. God gives me everything. Every time I take a breath, God's giving me something. God is working in my life to give me a breath. And because of that, I can stand up in this church and I can raise my hand and I can say, hallelujah, praise God, you're giving me my breath. And because you give me my breath, the world cannot silence me. The devil can't shut me up. I'm going to give you praise in this house. And all of a sudden, everybody starts getting excited. Y'all not getting excited. I get excited. Hallelujah. What would happen in our church if everybody pulled up in the parking lot, got out and put your car in park, and put your feet in the parking lot going, dear God, I can't wait to get in there. We're going to praise God today in our church. It's going to be an exciting time. God has changed my life. I want it to be so happy in this place so that when people drive by, something gets on them. Amen? God is able to do something when the, the people of God starts making a joyful noise. And watch this. It goes into all the land. In other words, it's contagious. Listen, are you listening to me? So is griping. So is gossip. So is bitterness. It's contagious. You don't have to be like that. You can make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. All ye lands. Means to shout with the force of a trumpet blast. I was reading this illustration and then I went, dear Lord. There it is. Roland Allen tells about a veteran missionary who came up to him one day after he had delivered his sermon. This missionary introduced himself. Are you listening? Say amen. This missionary introduced himself and said, I was a medical missionary for many years in India. I served in a region where there was progressive blindness. People were born with healthy vision but there was something in that area that caused people to lose their sight as they got older. But this missionary had developed a process which would arrest progressive blindness. So people came to him from all over the region, and he performed an operation, and they would leave realizing that they would have become blind, but now they're going to be able to see for the rest of their life. He said, they never said thank you. Because that phrase was not in their dialect. Instead of saying thank you, they spoke a word that meant in their dialect, I will tell everybody your name. I will tell everybody your name. Wherever they went, they would tell the name of the missionary who had cured their blindness. They had received something so powerful that when they talked to people, they just spoke his name. Wouldn't it be exciting that we would speak the name of Jesus everywhere we go? It's not enough to say thank you, but it's something to say Jesus. Because I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. God gave me something that I could not give myself. So it goes way beyond just saying thank you, Lord. I just want to stand up somewhere, wherever I go and say Jesus. Because I got something to be thankful for. How about you today? Isn't God good? God is so good. Now, I want to tell you the second thing. Watch this. 
is powerful. Number two just really got me excited. Y'all read this with me with a smile on your face like you love Jesus. Giving thanks will help you glow as you go. Wow. I wrote that and I went, I'd like to have a fit. Make you glow as you go. Y'all, now when our girls were little, y'all probably don't know about this, but our girls were little, one Christmas we bought them a glow worm. Anybody know what a glow worm is? If you know what a glow worm is, say thank you, Jesus. Amen. Some of y'all ain't saying, I ain't got a clue what a glow worm was. Well, you know what you did with a glow worm? You squeezed it. It didn't scream, didn't holler, didn't cry, it just glowed. You take that blame thing, squeeze it, and it glowed. Squeeze it and it glow. I was thinking, who came up with that? They had to be on drugs to come up with that. You squeeze a worm, you squeeze a worm and it glows. You squeeze a worm and it glows. Dr. Dr. Graham came to our church from this pulpit. He said, you know what? Y'all ain't nothing but a bunch of worms. That's what God's word calls us. We're just a bunch of worms. And isn't it exciting that God grabs a bunch of worms and squeezes them and we start glowing? For God so loved worms that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know what God does? Watch this. He gets you where you are. Boy, I ought to come down there and squeeze you myself. He gets you where you are. And he just squeezes you with his love. And when he squeezes you with his love, you are to glow while you go. May the glow of God ought to be all over you. Have you ever met a glowing Christian? Have you really? Have you ever met one that just looked good? I mean, they'd be ugly as sin, but if they got Jesus in them, they look good. You know, they just look good. They glow. They just glow. Psalms 100 verse 2 says, Serve the Lord with... Come on, y'all. Y'all got to do better than that. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Oh, listen, guys. Serve the Lord with gladness. Write this down. It's an honor to serve God. It's an honor to serve him. Somebody go, they made me do that in church. Shut up. Just serve God. Good night. Serve God with gladness. Listen, glow as you go. Whistle while you work. Glow while you go. Serve God with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. You know why it says that? Because the Holy Ghost won't let you come into his presence any other way. You can't come into his presence mad. You can't come into his presence angry. You can't come into his presence when you got a problem with somebody else. The Bible says, leave your gift at the altar. Go fix that problem before you get in my presence. You can't come in the presence of God with bitterness. You got to come into the presence of God with gladness. A, a heart of joy, a spirit of gladness that God gives you. Listen, I want to tell you something. Are you with me? Say, say amen. amen. Write this down. This is so good, y'all. Y'all got to, well, don't write this down, but I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> we got so many mad, puffed up, griping, complaining, angry church folks that no wonder God can't work. Amen. Look at me. They dull. They dull. Dull. They dull. They ain't got no glow. Write this down. Do what you got to do to get your glow back. Do what you got to do to get your glow back. You know, you, you got to do what you got to do to get that glow back in you.
Get that, that happiness back in you. You do do what, what you gotta do, man, to get your glow for Jesus back. You you want to be glowing for him, and when you when you're thankful, you can glow while you go. Gotta hurry. Number three, this is powerful. Giving thanks will help us to refocus our loyalty. Can I get an amen? amen? When you start giving thanks, you start refocusing your loyalty. Watch this. Verse 3 is crazy good to me. It says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. Are y'all ready for this? It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. Let me tell y'all something. Somebody said, I ain't believing that. Well, what do you believe then? You think you come from a monkey? Did you come from a germ? Did an alien drop you here? How did you get here? Do you really think you evolved from something? God, I hope not. I hope you don't believe that craziness. God made you, man. While you was in your mama's womb, he was fashioning those beautiful eyes that you've got. He was shaping that cute little nose. He was building those gorgeous ears. At least for some people, that's the way it went. <clears throat> but nonetheless, however you came out, God did it. God did it. God made you. And write this down. You are not an accident. You're not an accident. You know what, Anthony? I love this old boy right here. I love this guy. He ain't eat more than anybody I've ever seen in my life. He walks with a cane because his leg's hollow. He puts all the food and goes right to his leg. But you know what, Anthony's walked with a cane all of his life, had that problem all of his life. But have you ever talked to him? You ever said, Anthony, tell me your story? He'll make you glow. See, God didn't make a mistake with this guy. God's using him. God uses his testimony. God uses him to encourage other people. A lot of people would use what Anthony does, deals with every day not to come to church. It's a fight for him to get ready. A fight for him to get here. Fight for him to drive here. But he's here all the time. Man, I don't know if it means anything to you or not, but it means something to me. To see him come in faithfully like that, I go, man, look at that God. Man, he refocused his loyalty. Serves God with gladness. Watch him sing next Sunday. I mean, you, you think about all that and you think, man, God makes us. And because of that, we can be thankful in all things. We can refocus our loyalty. You're not an accident. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. God says in Jeremiah, I know the plans that I have for you, plans of good and not evil, to bring you to an expected end. Man, you look at, the, you look at life, you can have your, your whole life can be refocused if you'll just focus on him. Now, real quickly, let me give you the fourth one because it's good. Giving thanks will create a spirit of joy and praise. It'll create something in you that, that, that's going to manifest itself. 
It'll be a spirit of joy and praise. And if you look at verse number four, let's read it out loud together, everybody. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Come on. Be thankful unto him. Bless his name. When you're thankful, you, you get the idea from the psalmist that he says, enter. Enter. Guess what, y'all? When we have a spirit of thankfulness, we got a ticket to enter into his presence. He says, enter. Enter into his presence. Into his gates where he is. You're not an outsider no more. You're, you get to go in. You get a pass into the, the inner place. You get to go into his presence, into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And because of that, you can be thankful to him and you can bless his holy name for the Lord is good. And then I want you to look at number five. Giving thanks will help you recognize the goodness of God. Can I get an amen? amen. The goodness of God. When you start giving thanks, you start realizing you serve a good God. That he's so good to you. Psalms 100, verse number 5. Read it out loud together, everybody. For the Lord is good. Come on, one more time. For the Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. And his mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. Aren't you thankful today that you can look at your life, Brother Randy, as y'all come, and you can say, God is so good to me. God is so good to me. I don't know about you. I really don't, but I do know about me. You see, when I saw the badness of my life, then I saw the goodness of who God was. When I saw the badness of my situation, I saw the goodness of how God is. When I saw the badness of my thinking, I saw the goodness of God. When I saw the badness of my heart, I saw the goodness of God. When I saw the badness of my past, I saw the goodness of God. When I saw the badness of my present, I saw the goodness of God. When I saw the badness of my future, I saw the goodness of God. We serve a good God. You see, I'm convinced God didn't give me what I deserve. We serve a good God. God didn't leave me where he found me. We serve a good God. It was not the anger of God that attracted me to him. It was his goodness. It was not the wrath of God that got a hold of me. It was his goodness. It was not the judgment of God that got a hold of me. It was the goodness of God. God loved me when I was unlovable. God cared about me when I was uncaring. God reached out to me when I thought I was unreachable. We serve a good God. It was the goodness of God that reached out of heaven. It was the goodness of God that saw you in your sin. It was the goodness of God that sent his only son to die on the cross for you. It was the goodness of God that buried him in a borrowed tomb because he knew he wasn't going to need it long. It was the goodness of God that raised his son from the dead on the third day. It was the goodness of God that defeated the devil. It was the goodness of God that got you out of that life of sin. It was the goodness of God that got you out of that perversion. It was the goodness of God that got you away from that alcohol. It was the goodness of God that got you off those drugs. It was the goodness of God that wooed you out of prostitution. It was the goodness of God that saved you from the life of homosexuality. 
It was the goodness of God that found you in the home pen and hog pen and ushered you to come back home. It was the goodness of God that reached you in the miry clay. It was the goodness of God that rescued you out of that mess when everybody else had turned away from you. When everybody else said there's no use in fooling with them. When everybody else gave up on you. When everybody else walked away and left you for dead. It was the goodness of God that broke through. It was the goodness of God that carried your broken body and laid you at the foot of an old rugged cross. It was the goodness of God that shed his precious blood on you. It was the goodness of God that allowed your sin-stained life to be covered by the blood of the Lamb of God. It was the goodness of God that gave you your second chance. It was the goodness of God that gave you your third chance, your fourth chance, your fifth chance, and your sixth chance because his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. It was the goodness of God that did that for you. Oh, man. It's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. Then I wrote the bottom line. I thought, that's pretty cool. Goes like this. I know you got something to be thankful for. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are. I don't care where you've been. You got something to be thankful for. You got something that you can say, God, God, good night, God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. And his mercy endureth to all generations. Thank God for a good God. Now, don't put your notes up. Y'all thought I was through. Now you got to take the test. Shout out those five things for me. Let's go back. Let's say it out loud together. Giving thanks will create a positive view on life. Giving thanks will help you glow as you go. Giving thanks will help you refocus your loyalties. Giving thanks will create a spirit of joy and praise. And giving thanks will help us to recognize the goodness of our God. You know what? Anybody here can do that. No matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter if you're even covered with fleas, God can take the fleas and turn it into a blessing. If you'll just give him thanks. Today, in just a moment, I'm going to ask guys to come down here. And they're going to stand here. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, you never said, Lord, I want you to come into my heart. We want you to come. I'm going to prove something to you. How many of y'all in this church would love to see somebody give their heart to Jesus today? Would you raise your hand? Wouldn't that be good today? You're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior. You're not real sure where you'd go if you were to die. That can be changed today. There's going to be somebody here to help you with that. Today, how many of y'all would love to see some folks come down this aisle and join our church family? How many of y'all would love to see somebody do that? Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't it be good if somebody came and said, I want to join this church. Man, we're just going to love you in. Love you, love you, love you. 
just welcome you to our family. We want you to be part of our family here. Or maybe you're here today and you just need to come down to an altar. Maybe, maybe you've been taking it for granted too much. Maybe you're one of those people that, you know, you gripe more than you think. Now today you need to go say, God, thank you. Or maybe today you need to come and bow your knee at an altar and say, you know what? All hell's coming against me, but you are a good, good father. And I want to thank you for being my good, good father today. I just want to thank you, Lord. You can do that today. So we're going to, in a moment, we're going to stand. Y'all can come and make this opportunity be your opportunity. Give your heart to Jesus. Come join the church. Come kneel and pray. And just say, Lord, I love you. Thank you. So our minister is going to come, and then we're going to invite you to come. Y'all know this song. I'd like for y'all to sing it like you mean it. So let's all stand and sing it like, like, you know, like we talked about. Making a joyful, exuberant joy to the Lord. Sing it with us.